Welcome to my Life Beyond Postnatal Depression podcast. I'm your host, Susan Scollin, and each week I interview everyday people and health experts about the decision to become a parent, fertility, pregnancy, birth, post-baby, and everything that comes up along the way. Be inspired. Today I'm chatting with Christina Davey, a dating and relationship coach, a speaker, and creator of Love Map, a powerful and inspiring group relationship skills program. Her passion to help other women and couples was born when she was able to find a passionate and fulfilling relationship after her 15-year marriage ended and after going through the hurt and pain of a toxic relationship, which ended in a domestic violence situation. As a master NLP practitioner, master of timeline therapy and hypnosis, Christina successfully coaches single women through the personalized one-on-one breakthrough program, Become the One, which identifies the root cause of the problem in the relationship or thought pattern of an individual that's causing them to push away love rather than attracting or creating it in their life. Christina's mission is to contribute to the creation of more love and togetherness in the world. Christina has a huge heart and is a beautiful woman who's lighting up our relationships with ourselves so we can attract more of what we want, a soulful, fun, and incredible relationship. Enjoy this episode, and when you've listened, head over to Instagram or my business Facebook page and let us know what resonated with you about this episode. See you inside. Welcome, Christina. It's great to have you here with me today. I'm excited to spend this time with you. So can you share with us what's one thing that's bringing you the most joy at the moment? Uh, Definitely yoga, my yoga class. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) And and hi, Susan, it's great to be here. You know, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I, um, I appreciate you and I appreciate your time. And, yes, definitely my yoga class. Well, it's great to have you here and thank you for coming along and joining me. What sort of yoga do you do? Well, um, I go to a studio that has uh, different yoga uh, classes. So depending on how I feel, I usually choose, you know, either vinyasa or in like it, it's not really a regular I'm not don't get me wrong I'm I'm not the type of person that it's very advanced okay but I'm in definitely enjoying it and I feel like it's my one um it's my it, it it's the one thing that I do for myself one of the things that I do for myself right and sometimes you know how it is as a mother you just you just tend to like not want to do it and not want to right so because I go to the studio, it's like a commitment, right? So I show up and I go and I don't just, you know, um, um, it's it's like a bit of self-love, I think, towards, you know, it's just I'm showing myself love. And every time I go there, I just connect with myself a little bit more and feel amazing at the end. So, yeah, definitely that. It's beautiful. And it's just taking that bit of time out for ourselves when we can sort of go, well, no, I don't don't deserve it. Or I should stay here and do all the 50 other things that need to get done. But those 50 other things will still always be there. So, yeah, creating that self-love, taking some time out for yourself. You don't have to be the best at yoga. You can just go and be you. That's all you need to do. That's what yoga is all about, isn't it? It's a great opportunity to laugh at myself as well. (laughs) That's awesome. Sometimes, you know, I go to vinyasa class and this, I remember going to this more advanced one that I didn't know. I just show up there and it was the first time attending that class. But they have all different classes and different instructors and I love the variety. And I went there and 
I think for half of the class, I just kind of, you know, just really laugh at myself because uh, there are a lot of things I couldn't do. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. <laughs> you know, but I did, I did attempt it. So I gave myself kudos for that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that because we can definitely beat up on ourselves with not being good enough and you could have walked out of that class. Instead, you just stayed, did what you could and went, that's enough. I don't need to be anything more than this. Now I know what I want to get as well <laughs> because I didn't even know there's like that level you know, available before. I thought, you know, you go and you just stay in some poses. You know, I did a lot of young um, classes, you know, where, it, there's a lot more meditation and, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, this is so cool. And and then, yeah, now I know. Now you I, know. I haven't signed up. <laughs> I'm not there yet, but I'm aiming towards it. That's good. You've got to have a goal. Can I have something that you want to work towards? Awesome. You do yoga? Oh, I do a little bit. I have a mat on the floor, but I haven't. Um, I usually do yoga with Adrian, which is YouTube online. Um, and so I did she does a January challenge every year and I did the first 10 days and I haven't gone back to it. So I was thinking about it on the weekend. I'm like, I could probably go back and do some of that. And I'm like, when am I going to do that? How, where will that fit in? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's why I like the going to the studio because it's more of a commitment and I'm not just kind of pushing it on the side. Like I'm going to do it later. Yeah. I take a break and then it doesn't happen. So yeah she has a latest one well I saw on YouTube the other day a latest little episode which is for when you're feeling dead inside and I'm like oh that feels like me at the moment like on the weekend I was really exhausted and I was just like that feels like me maybe I could do that one (laughs) but I haven't done it yet I just went that's just a nice trigger so we'll see what happens so take us back on your journey life is looking pretty good for you right now but where did everything start for you where did you know, what was happening back in, in the day and, and how did you sort of transition to where you are today? So, uh, well, I was, um, um, for most of my life, I actually travel um, around the world because I used to work on cruise ships and I met very soon on, uh, on very early on my journey, I met my ex-husband and uh, it was really a good life like you know traveling the world seeing places working a lot don't get me wrong seven days a week right <laughs> and you know most days 12 hours or more but um at the same time um I was um meeting thousands of people every week you know um and and doing something that it was really fun you know like guiding people to you know telling them where to go to to visit in you know in the ports or helping them shop you know we're doing art auctioneers um we work for an art gallery so it was a fun 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 time Uh, and then you know as the clock was ticking I decided that I want kids we wanted kids both of us (laughs) so we came to Australia in 2012 and um unfortunately um, the lack of intimacy between me and my ex-husband kind of caught up with us. Um, and there were signs uh, throughout our marriage that he was cheating. So eventually, after 15 years, when, you know, I um, found that signs of him cheating again, I decided to divorce. And um, it was a tough time because I was in a country, you know, thousands and thousands of kilometers away from my family with a two-and-a-half-year-old. 
And just three days before that, um, the company I was working for was doing a reorg. So um, my position at work was made redundant. So no job, uh, brand new house that we just moved in, you know, no family, no one really to like ask for help, you know. So um, it was hard. It hit me really hard. And I think above all of this is just the fact that I lost someone that, I was counting on. My ex-husband actually was a very nice person. He was respectful. He was reliable in many, many ways. Um, but unfortunately, he had this thing that, you know, uh, he when he didn't feel good enough, he had to get this extra validation from other women. And um, I just, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And it hit me really hard because he was my world. He was my everything. For years, we traveled the world. It was me and him in this bubble. And I thought we we're going to die together. I thought I'm like, you know, I'm marrying once. I waited four and a half years to make sure that we're going through all the experiences possible. And then it still didn't work. Right. And um, uh, right after that, about seven months after that, um, I met someone else. I thought, oh, I'm just going to get my mojo back. You know, I'm ready for a new relationship. Not new relationship, but like at least dating. You know, um, I felt really unattractive at the time and not good enough because he cheated on me and I thought something is wrong with me. So I thought, you know, I'm going to put myself out there to feel good. And... Uh, <laughs> And I didn't know anything about online dating because I was with a man for 15 years and, and online dating was booming during this time. So I didn't really, you know, know what to do, what to say, what to expect, how to do a profile. But I met this guy and um, and I knew he's not the right guy for me, So, but he was really good in bed. And, you know, I was this woman that didn't have a lot of sex during her marriage. So I thought, oh, this is fun. So I thought, okay, well, you know, he was very keen. So I thought I'll keep it casual. You know, I still was doing with um, a lot with my ex-husband with custody, property settlement and all that stuff. So I thought, oh, this is easy. But um, he always pushed for more and we end up in the end in a, in a serious relationship. And um, unfortunately, none of us was ready for a relationship, right? And... When I say not ready, um, what I mean is that we were emotionally not ready. He was hurt, I was hurt. I felt broken, he felt broken. He was depressed, I was depressed. You know, I was taking um, antidepressants, um, um, anxiety, medicine. Uh, it, it was, yeah, I was seeing a psychologist, a psychiatrist, you know. Um, I, I felt I couldn't keep a job. Um, and when I found out that my, my ex-husband actually had this completely different life outside our marriage, it really put me down and I, I went through a massive depression. So, um, have you seen people that are depressed and they're in a relationship? <laughs> it's not well, going well. <clears throat> no, it's not going well. And then they're living these two separate lives and you're, you as an individual are living two separate lives within a relationship which then he, in your case with your ex-husband, he was living two separate lives as well. Sure. So it, it was um, it was very hard because every time something, I had so many fears, you know, uh, so many fears. 
And it's really interesting because I trusted that partner, you know, that I was with in many ways because he was reliable in, in many ways, but I couldn't trust him long-term to be my partner because I, he, he couldn't, I couldn't feel safe with him. I couldn't feel safe with him because I wasn't feeling safe within myself. And because, um, he, he could, he tend to be a little bit aggressive when he was losing, you know, his cool and, and, you know, very vindictive. So, um, I didn't know when he's going to get upset and what he's going to do. So if a woman doesn't feel safe, right, it's mm-hmm. then she can't really open up. So um, I shut down many times and push him away. And eventually after an on and off, very toxic relationship, you know, very passionate, don't get me wrong, um, but uh, very toxic as well. Um, um, unfortunately, I end up in a domestic violence situation. And that really... Really, that was really hard because um, I wanted to place an ABO against him, but I couldn't because my identity as a kind person, as a nice person that doesn't do that. And I knew that if I'm going to do that, that's going to affect him, right, for finding a job and, and all of that. So I was so conflicted. And I mean, can you imagine, you know, it's so hard sometimes people judge, you know, women that are in this kind of situations, right? But um, like not to be able to place an AVO because you too worry about how it's going to affect him and you not worry about how it's going to affect you if you're not placing the AVO, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that could probably be very common too. Like women don't want to be, women typically don't want to be the bad person. And so... If I sure he's exhibiting all this bad behavior towards me, but then if I go and do this thing, then I'm equally as bad. Like if I take the AVO out on him, I'm equally as bad as him. But it's actually the reason you're taking the AVO out is for safety and to protect yourself so that nothing worse can happen to yourself. But we don't put ourselves first. And to, but the thing is that I had actually secondary gain in there and I wasn't conscious about it, right? Now I know because of all I know, but. My secondary gain was that if I placed an AVO, I couldn't contact him anymore. Yeah. And that meant the end forever. Yeah. And I was, I don't think I was ready for a long time to and, put an end. Yeah. And what would it have meant if you put the end to it? Um, so what uh, the belief I had at the time that made me go back to him all the time was the fact that um, I uh, I can't have that level of connection with anyone else, mm-hmm. and connection is a you know um, very high value for me in an intimate relationship, and um, it kept bringing me back. It kept taking me back to him because every time I try I try to so we went on and off and I will be off three four months or one week, and then I'll date other people, but what I was attracting because I was not available emotionally, you know, I was so hurt. I was so angry. So the, the guys I was attracting were just guys that didn't really care. And I thought like it's something wrong with them. And I thought there's no one else out there. Like all guys are this and that, right. As you do. And, um, then he out of a sudden seemed like the right fit, you know, like he knows me, he's the devil I know, maybe this time is going to be different, 
maybe he changed. I never made it about me. Yeah. It was always him. So, yeah, it was, um, it was a tough time. And um, when I end up in the domestic violence situation, that was a big wake up call for me because I was like, wow, like what happened to me? What happened to my life? You know? And I got to a point where I decided like, you know what, if I want, if I have to have brain surgery and remove a piece of my brain from my head to be able to change, to, to move on, to not never go back to this man, then I'm ready to do it. So I had to reach my pain threshold. Mm. But it was not enough pain for me to really decide to change. And so many people are caught in that, aren't they? Like there's, there's not enough pain. It'll be okay. It's the devil I know versus the devil I don't know. And often... I'm thinking it's because we don't trust in ourselves and we don't know ourselves well enough to then go, do you know what? These are just thoughts and I can make a, I can make a change and I'm strong enough to make that change. That's right. And also to be willing to do it for as long as it takes. Because what happened, like I had this verse when I was like, yeah, I can trust this. I can do this. And, and then I'll quit because it, I'll decide it's not working or it's not possible. I will go on a few dates and then I'll be like, oh, you know, there's no one else out there. But I'll just be meeting, you know, three, four people and decide that. But at the same time, and this is what I do, what I do, right? That's what we don't really know exactly what people ever who we're looking for. We have such a vague idea. You know, and that's why we can't find it. Because have you ever tried to go to buy something at a store that you don't know how it looks like? (laughs) No, that's right. We always go to buy a specific thing that has either we know what it looks like or we've seen it or we know the functionality of it. And it's not just about the functionality of being kind and funny. It actually needs to look good. You know, personally, I need to be attracted to it. So can't just be going out there and picking anything that comes to, to in front of you. It's then having a conversation and then diving in and all the steps that come with it. It's not just a quick, you know, buying the candy candy at the register. Like you can't just do those quick things. Life is busy, right? So we don't have the time to go out and expose ourselves and especially when you're a single mother you know like dating is like this other chore <laughs> right it's not fun <laughs> it becomes this like a hard God, thing to do on my list you know like so so what um what I was attracting you know it was just it was just all sort of different guys and to be honest I, I didn't want to connect at that point anymore when I finally after you know being you know through all that turmoil and in the process I remember in 2018 is when I was actually I went to my psychiatrist and I said I want to know what this is because I want to fix it and I was in my masculine energy now so determined this is this gotta end right I'm fed up with it no more and when you say this we're talking about the anxiety and the depression like I was living my life for three years you know one day at a time I, I couldn't make plans. 
I didn't know what direction I was going to take. I didn't know what's going to happen with me. Like I was floating, if you imagine myself on a ocean, you know, just kind of on a boat and whatever was going to happen was going to happen. And I was going to deal with the day as it came. Now, you can't live like this forever. <laughs> you, you can do it for a while, but eventually it's going to caught up with you. So um, what what happened was, you know, when the domestic violence thing happened, I was like, i got to do something, right? But before I got to that, I went to my psychiatrist and I told her, you know, tell me what this problem is because I want to fix it, you know, because they were – I was seeing a psycho- psychologist and a psychiatrist, but none of them were telling me what's wrong with me. Oh, my depression or this and that. And and don't get me wrong, they were helping hips at a time, but, like, I needed more. I wanted more. I wanted something like that. I want to get this done. I want a solution to my problem. I want it gone. <laughs> and they couldn't give me that. So I went with my sister. My sister was visiting, and she wrote on a piece of paper, you know, the diagnosis or the the label, whatever, how you want to call it. And she put down borderline personality disorder. And that hit me hard. It hit me hard because I always label, you know, I've read so much about it on Google and other books. And um, I thought my ex-husband and my ex-partner were probably having that, right? And then to get that, piece of paper saying oh this is what you have it was a massive reality check for me I was like are you telling me I'm like them mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very defensive right so the good thing about me not accepting that you know not not um not agreeing with it was that I looked at other ways and I stayed open you know find something different I was like I gotta solve this whatever what it is you know I'm not gonna be like this forever I'm gonna find a way Mm. then after the domestic violence situation it was two about two days or a day and a half I was in bed it was 1 30 or one o'clock and I was watching this guy on a live video and he was talking how you self-sabotage and how you know, there's a way to fix that. And he's having this workshop. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is me. He's talking about me. Like, and he says there's a solution to my problem. <laughs> I'm like, sign me up now. I remember contacting him everywhere, you know, on his company, emails, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. I was like, put me on, put me on, because the program was starting in a few days. So, so anyway, I signed up for that and um, I went to fix myself. I went to like, you know, find a way to change my life. And in the process, I finally got in touch with my life purpose that's been waiting there for me since I was, you know, 18, 19, when I wanted to become a psychologist. And because I failed uh, my exams to uni three times, I took on board a limiting belief about not being smart enough. And I had such a massive fear of tests. I just couldn't, um, I couldn't put myself through the process of, you know, doing another exam. So I quit on my dream and life took me on such a, you know, on such tangents to finally get me back to what I was meant to always be. And um, I remembered clearly how I felt and, uh, the moment when I said, 
oh my God, like everybody should know there's a, this, you can fix it, you can change yourself, you can have a better life. You are the creator of your own life. Like this is, wow, you have the power. I was like, there's like all these new circuits lighting up in my head and creating, you know, new neural pathways. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to become a coach. And uh, I did not look back since then. It hasn't been an easy ride, but I learned so much about myself. And in the process, I remember starting as depression and anxiety. And as I was talking to people, I realized there was a com- you know, a common nominator for their depression. And yet all it's had to do with relationships, either with themselves or with others. And I was like, this is this is what I want to do. This is what I want to, you know, put my my energy in. And I, I am here now helping single women, you know, heal past relationships and become the one attracting the right men. So they don't have to wait and chase the one. Yeah. And they don't have to settle <clears throat> or they don't have to find all those characteristics outside of themselves they actually become the person that they want to be in their own life and then they naturally attract that kind of person into their own life. So they're not trying to heal through a relationship. They're already healed and then they just get to up-level as they move into that relationship. And um, I just, you know, I listened to... um, I listened to a podcast once and um, it talked about this guy that had a problem with the leg. For 10 years, he looked, uh, he went to so many specialists, spent so much money trying to fix this problem with his leg. And he he thought there was no solution Mm. at some point. You know, he thought like, that's it, that is my life. But something in him, you know, was like, no, I'll find a way, I'll find a way. And and uh, he was listening to a podcast and there was this other person that, 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 that was the guest and he talked about his own problem. And he had the same problem with his leg as, as this other guy. And what happened was um, he actually fixed it. And, um, and, you know, when he heard that there was a solution to his problem, you know, he contacted the podcast, you know, and, and he... Um, he asked, you know, can I speak with this person? Like, I have the same problem. And he said he found a doctor, you know, somebody to help him. You know, can I please get in contact with it? And he did. And he went to this person and he, he fixed his own problem himself. And I think it's so powerful when we share our story, you know, because sometimes our environment might not have the solution that we're looking for. Mm. You know, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's so true. And I want to encourage people to remember that even though that they could be in a relationship now and there may be challenges within that relationship, it doesn't mean that you can't heal within a relationship. It doesn't mean that you have to separate to heal. Um, And it can be the most, it can be more challenging potentially in that space because then you've got all these stories of what if I change so much that my relationship falls apart? But what if you grow so much and change that they grow too and then you both evolve? Like, And often that is the more beautiful gift that actually couples are given in that space. Absolutely, I agree. And 
something magical happened right when I when I sort of reconnected to my inner power. I became a better parent. I became a better friend. I became a better person overall. Right. I didn't just become a coach. My life changed in so many ways. You know, after after I I gave birth, my son was colic, and it, it was and he was not he was not feeling well, and it was. I think I really think breastfeeding was one of the hardest thing I've done in my life. You know, I I I didn't even know it was hard. I always thought it's such a natural thing, you know, because I didn't. Especially working on ships, you know, I kind of miss that sort of um, journey when you are there with your friends when they have these problems and you talk about it. And, you know, so I got pregnant and I thought like, yeah, I'm pregnant. Like, I'm going to have a baby. And then I got so overwhelmed. All the stuff that I was supposed to do to, to be a good mother in my head, right? Nobody said that but I did tell myself I have to do this and this and this and all these rules I I placed on myself and it was you know when my son came and trying to breastfeed I was so determined to breastfeed you know um, and I couldn't I thought I would fail as a mother if I don't so every single day I remember saying tomorrow I'll just run one more time and tomorrow I'll quit if tomorrow if it's still not working I'll quit and that took such a toll on my relationship because I was not really there for my husband. And I remember it was, I think my son was about seven months when I found emails, you know, and my, uh, in my, uh, uh, you know, my husband um, that he was like meeting this other person and I was shattered. I was like, here I am trying to keep alive our son the way, you know, he's looking at it. And, like, you are, like, dating other people, like, seeing other people, like, what? And what I didn't realize at the time is how absent I was in our relationship. And not because I didn't show up. Like, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I did what my mom taught me to do. You know, I was trying to clean the house, my mom actually was here helping us, visiting, helping us out with, with sort of the house chores. Um, and I'm very grateful because I was so consumed by my son, you know, who wasn't sleeping well and wasn't feeling well. And um, um, I I never got diagnosed or anything, but I it, it's still looking back. It's one of the toughest times in my life. Um, and... I had support, but I still felt alone. Mm. I didn't feel alone because the support was not there. I felt alone because, like, I took in. I made it about me. I made it about, like, who I will be if I can't do this. Yep. Yeah. And um, um, I hurt myself in the process of my relationship. And I didn't know that at the time. I just blamed my husband that he cheated, but I didn't see how I wasn't there for him. Mm. Because I was like, well, I've got this baby to keep alive. What do you do? Yeah. What part are you playing in all of this? And, you know, but the reality is he's, he's playing a big part 
you just can't see it when you're in the weeds, perhaps. He was, and he has always been supportive, you know, and to, to the best of his ability, he has always been supportive. It's just that I was in, in my own drama, in my own, the way, I didn't know how to create an, a, a positive and, and empowering emotional state at the time, you know, they, they don't teach you that at school, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm like, I don't know, I think that's so important, but right. how do you how do you create that environment when you're you know sleep deprived? You're having problems breastfeeding. You're just like I said in the weeds of everything, and then you're kind of wrapping up this. But we can be positive about it. We can get on with things. You know, when it's almost like another disconnect to you as a person. I think it comes the way. I mean, obviously, um, I didn't have another baby since you know I have changed. So. It, you know, I can only mind read, but it's it's about the level of acceptance, self-acceptance and self-love and what you think about yourself will come to play. Because I place I put such high expectations and standards on on myself. Yeah. I had to be all these things. Otherwise, I have failed. And my fear of failure, right, it was so great because I thought what that meant, it was like if I fail, I'm not good enough. If I'm not good enough, people are not going to love me. If they're not going to love me, I'm going to be alone. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't sitting there thinking that out loud. It, that was what, that was the software that was playing on the background, right? Yes. You don't understand that. Yeah. You're just dealing with the symptoms. Yeah. But that that's that's what was happening. Like I had to like why did I really, really, really have to breastfeed? I, there's so many mothers out there that, you know, give their baby their formula and it's okay and the babies are perfectly fine. I could have done it too, but the meaning I placed onto that was that if I am not going to breastfeed my child, I'm not gonna be a good mother. Yeah. And so I that sweet. Flying enough, I'm lazy. Yeah, I'm weak, yeah. and this self judgment. How crazy is that? Yeah, how crazy is it to tell you weak? Like I, like the the baby couldn't latch to my breast. You know, his mouth was too small. My 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 nipple was not, um, uh, you know, getting hard enough for him to grasp. I don't know. I can't remember all the you know details, but the baby wouldn't. You know, so and 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 uh, like there were people that they were helping. Like I had different midwives, and you know, spending hours they were coming at home because I was in this program and helped me. I remember having three different midwives, and all of them were like, "Yeah, we're gonna do this. We're gonna," and none of them was able to. Yeah, and still, and nobody just told me, "Listen, you are still going to be a good mother." And you still, your son is going to be perfectly okay if you give him formula. But at the same time, it was not their job to take that decision for me. It was mine. Which can be hard to see when you're in the middle of it and kind of going, just tell me the answer. Like he went to that psychologist and just said, it's been three years, just give me the answer and I'll know what to do and I'll go from there. It's not about that. It's actually about the discovery of yourself within 
all of that mess and that can be hard to see. I mean, knowing what I know that now, would I do things differently? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll give that baby a formula without any problems. I'll try from time to time, you know, to see if I can create a bond, but I wouldn't place such a high importance, you know, because, well, I do know that it's 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 great to breastfeed, right? Like the, the milk, it's it's very different. I also know that, you know, I put myself through a lot of term, unnecessarily turmoil at the time, you know, just because of one belief. If I can't breastfeed my baby, I'm failing my baby. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't live with that. It was like dying. It was like me dying as a person. It was just, I made it so big in my head and it, it, it actually... It ripped me off the um, that that experience of like being able to bond with my baby in a very loving and accepting way and trialing way, right? Yeah, because there's multiple ways to do things, right? So if you're thinking I'm a failure if I can't breastfeed, there's going to be a feeling that sits underneath that, and I, I don't know what what would be that feeling for you. Uh, so. For me, it was just fear that yeah, yeah. I'm not good. I'm not good enough. Yeah, and so then you have these challenges where you're pushing, you're, you're trying to make it work, and you're not actually um, you're not actually bonding with your child because you're just trying to get the job done. So, and then you're beating up on yourself. You know, there's all of the stories that are coming up, and in in a you know like retrospect, you're actually failing yourself. And it's not about failing your baby. It's actually failing yourself and failing to listen to yourself. I had the same experience. Like, this should be easy. Why is this not easy for me? Why are thousands of mums able to do this sort of stuff? Why have I got a baby that doesn't sleep? Why have I got, you know, because we were hour on, hour off kind of breastfeeding and, and sleeping. And so I was just in a constant daze effectively. So, but I was effectively failing myself because I was failing to listen to myself and go, do you know what? We could probably do formula, and we did within a month of having Teddy because of you know the sleep, uh, the yeah one the sleep, but two um, he wasn't getting enough. But you know, actually tapping in and listening to yourself and being kind and compassionate, I still wasn't kind and compassionate about myself about doing all of that, and there was still that wrap of failure, you know, sitting sitting over me and. And the two disconnects around types of, you know, I'm one person over here and I'm one person over here and I'm like, this is really not helping me. But it just takes that time to just sort of, you know, like if you give any mum a gift to say just take some time, slow down, listen to yourself, be you and be kind to yourself. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I think that if I knew, again, if I knew what I know now or if I, I will have definitely approached it differently but I, at the time you know I, I was who I was and um, and I created that for myself and I can see that now but I created I needed that you know, I needed all that pain to kind of understand that I don't need to place all this stuff on myself. I don't need to. If the more gentle I am with me and understanding, the better my life would be. And the more gentle you can be for your child and for your ex-husband and for, you know, ex-partner and partners going forward as well. Yeah. 
Looking back again, I, I can see how my ex-husband was there for me, but I felt so misunderstood at the same time. Mm. I wasn't at this, like there was nothing he could really do, but he came from me. It wasn't from him. It was me that placed these values on things that you know I didn't have to, and I didn't know how to guide him to support me either. So I felt very alone. That's the emotional maturity that comes in and getting to know ourselves. Like you said earlier, you know, we don't get taught this stuff at school. You just get on with life, don't you? You don't just stop and go, well, who am I? What do I enjoy? Like you kind of go, no, 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 people tell me who I am and what I'm good at and my skills just come out and, and that's it. But the reality is we can recreate our life and we can be, you know, we get, we get to decide who we are and who we turn up as and we get to educate other people on who we are as a person and put boundaries up and say, no, I'm not going to do that. That doesn't work for me. But having the confidence, I guess, is one aspect. Um, just to experiment with that and play around with it in the first instance is a, is a skill in itself. I agree. I agree. I remember feeling like I, I accomplished so much just because I had time to shower. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you, have you had that? Yeah. Well, I, that yeah. sounds crazy. Like for someone that didn't have a baby or maybe they had an easy, like a huge accomplishment to have a shower, you know. And again, I was lucky that I had my mom here for the first seven months and she was, um, you know, cooking and helping out with the house. But as I said, I had such crazy standards, you know. Um, I had to do all these other things. I had to, it made me feel miserable every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Which is no fun. Well, needless to say, my relationship just dies slowly, <laughs> you know. And um, yeah, and I, I didn't know, I thought I was doing everything right. I thought I was kind. I was, cooking from scratch, I was keeping the house clean, I was, you know, keeping the baby clean, you know, teaching him good things, you know, invest, so invested, taking him to places, exposing him to, I thought I was doing everything right. Um, but I wasn't there in a way that my husband needed me to. And the problem was that I wasn't willing to give up my standards and I wasn't willing to give up my expectations about how life should be to really live the life though in a way that will make us both happy. Because if I would have, you know, done the things that he needed me to do in a relationship and give him and show him love in a way he understood, right, through his own love languages, then he was, he didn't need to go to, you know, he didn't need to go to another woman to, to sort of fulfill his needs. Yeah. And, um, that was definitely a lesson for me. Yeah. And I think in the midst of that where we're fighting for ourselves because, you you know, you lost in the breastfeeding and you lost in, you know, raising this child and that sort of stuff, to give again to somebody else when you're like, they're an adult, they should be able to sort out their own shit. I don't have to do that for them. But the And that's one school of thought. But the, And that was certainly mine to a certain extent too. But then it comes back to this, 
how can we connect even more? Like what is the opportunity here to connect even more? And what I find with myself and with my clients is when I rise as an individual, my husband gets the opportunity to rise. And when I rise, like I can connect into him and then bring him along. So it's, you know, often as women we tend to wait or feminine energy, we tend to wait for the masculine to drive us forward, but it's actually the feminine energy that drives the masculine energy forward. Yeah, it's that's actually interesting. Like, tell me, tell me more. I want to know more about that. Oh, this is about you. This isn't about me. <laughs> but it's. I just find that a lot of women sit back and wait. Well, my husband's going to do this for me, and my husband's going to, you know, he's going to. He's got the really high paying job. You know, I just need to come back and look after the children. And I'm not. This isn't being disparative of anybody who chooses and and chooses to go down that path, but. Even within those roles, which are old school, old school roles that some people are still choosing today, and it's okay for them to choose this, um, is that whole I can still be the best mother and woman and uh, wife in this role, whatever I play, and I can choose to rise and say these are the things that we're going to create in our life, these are the next steps that we're going to create, whether, like, again, as I said, whether that's you being a full-time mum, a part-time mum and part-time work or full-time work, you know, all the things, Um, and then the masculine just gets to come, like not just gets to come along for the ride, but he gets to pick up on that energy and rise too. And so he starts to grow and he starts to evolve um, and starts to really be able to tap into the both sides of him, like the masculine and the feminine. And I think a lot of men get disconnected by um, that uh, they have to do these things, like they have to be the breadwinner and they have to put a roof over the, ha- over the, over the heads of their family. Um, and if they don't do it, nobody else will do it. Well, that's not true because you've got this partner and, again, it, it doesn't matter whether it's male, female, you know, LGBTQI, all of the, everybody's in the mix here. It's how you define those roles and then go, how do we communicate together? How can we make this work even better? Because if we're living separate lives, then sure we'll grow or we'll grow apart or we might grow together. But if we're really connected, we'll grow deeper and we'll grow more connected and we'll grow stronger together. Yeah, and be able to lean in, right, to your man. Like as a woman, I think <clears throat> during those times, don't create that illusion that you are in this by yourself. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think that um, we feel so responsible that it's just our our thing, our job, our right, but. Being able to lean into his support and and be clear about what you need at the time, yeah, will create that connection. But then he can be the man that you need, right? But sometimes he needs directions, so he knows how to support you because he he doesn't know how to. He's not in your head, you know. Sometimes you don't even know, like with the lack of sleep and everything, you don't even know what you need, right? I remember having outbursts, crying, because I really didn't know what I needed to feel better. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just got completely lost in the emotions. And and I just, I also remember saying, uh, that's not what I asked for. 
I thought the whole baby thing and nobody like, you know, like everybody's so happy for you. Oh my gosh, you're pregnant. This is amazing. You're going to have a baby. This is so wonderful. And you have this fairy tale in your head about how it should look like. And then if you didn't have any, if you're like me and you didn't really, you work on cruise ships and you didn't really come across, you know, the reality of having kids, right? And I only had one. Like I can't even imagine having three or four or five, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I, um, I, I, it just hit me so hard to, 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 to see how, um, how away from what I had in my head as an image about having a baby, you know, I was, because I had this uh, poster, <laughs> you know, like, oh, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be so loving. It's so cute. And my baby's going to be perfect. Yeah. It's going to grow to be this very well-behaved, you know, person. And then you realize things are not really like that. And, and then you think, oh, it must be me then. Because it looks really great to anyone else out there. They don't struggle the way I do. And they do. You just don't see it. (laughs) Yeah. Or we don't talk enough about it. And like you living on cruise ships, you were seeing the holiday version of families who were very relaxed. That's right. I saw kids, you know, misbehaving and all that. But, like, I didn't see the struggle behind the scenes of a mother trying to breastfeed. Yeah. I only... I only heard about it when I was pregnant and I started reading books and then I thought this is not going to really happen to me because I'm going to know what to do. I'm going to be like, everything is going to be good. This is just, this, this other women yeah. had this problem. I mean, yeah. And I think, yeah, I heard someone say that, you know, being pregnant or having, having a baby and breastfeeding and all the things that come with it is not natural. And when she said that to me, I was like, well, it's kind of supposed to be. Like we're we're naturally born for this. This is what we do. But we've never done it before, like especially first time around. And even for some mums, second, third, fourth time around, it's different again. Um, but it's that whole we've never done it before, so how can it be so intuitive that we know what to do? And, yes, you, it's, it's that surrender and trusting into your body, but if you've never done that before in that way, it's a new level and if it's it's like an internal, um, I'm going to say internal kind of fire that is driving that surrender. So it's like the two coming together um, to then be able to go, okay, I can surrender into what's happening and allow everything to happening and everything's happening as it should be. A lot of mental games, right? So playing around with that so that we can change our beliefs or create new beliefs, especially in that sort of situation. But it's not natural, but it is something that naturally happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's that definitely um, affected my my relationship and um, uh, the the meaning I got from that was that well, I was failing as a, as a mother and I was failing as a partner too, and I was failing as a good daughter too because I felt like I could not, um, you know. Um, my mom was trying to help. <laughs> to me, it was not advice, it was criticism, right? because that's how I used to hear it. And, and probably because of, you know, the lack of communication skills as well. My mom, 
you know, did the best she could to, she just wanted, she was coming from the heart with good intentions, but I wasn't able to, to, to see that. I just felt criticized because I, the way how I felt, I was criticizing myself all the time in my head. And I thought that's what you're doing. I was projecting on them as well. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was definitely a tough time. And, um, um, and it made me question, you know, my ability of being a mother and, you know, um, it, it was something really hard to live with. Yeah. And so what's, what are some of the lessons that you learned on that journey? That you can change your standards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that uh, things don't have to be perfect. <laughs> but those are the... Um, no, I, I learned to, um, I really learned that when you, uh, when you have self-compassion, you, the journey gets easier. Yeah. It's when we criticize, judge, you know, focused on the negative aspect of it that the experience gets a lot worse. Yeah. And so who do you think you became because of that journey? I wouldn't, it's very clear to me that I wouldn't be here without um, without everything I've been through. Uh, the way how... Um, everything it's, it's really interesting the way how everything as I said like I wanted to become a psychologist at the age of 20 and then I took the decision oh this you know it's not for me because I'm not good enough yeah. and then the universe has a really interesting way on how like it's like okay so there was this shortcut but you didn't take it because <laughs> you know, or whatever way you decided. So let me show you this other way. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then I went the long way. And the long way really showed me what I needed to work on. Mm. You know, I didn't know that at the time. But um, through these experiences that I had with with my son, um, with uh, my ex-husband with the partner that came after that I had to go through all these experiences to, to see what I needed to let go of what I needed to do more of to get to know myself and understand myself more and I wouldn't have this amazing relationship that I have right now without all these experiences because I wasn't, I had to become this person. I had to grow into this person. Yeah, so I, I was saying that I, you, I had to grow into this person. Um, and I, I think I mentioned this, I can't remember if I mentioned this before to you, but um, I wouldn't be able to have this uh, amazing connection with my partner now if I actually didn't have the relation, the previous relationship with this other person, because after my um, after my relationship with my husband, the lack of intimacy made me question myself as a woman, and um, 
I I was um, it, it was like that part of me that's sexy, you know, playful, uh, 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 confident, you know, like me. Uh, that I, I had to get to know myself that way and I didn't know how to do it on my own. So I met this man and the experience I had with him helped me tap into those parts of me that were asleep. Mm. You know, to be able to um, to feel sexy, to be able to... Um, uh, feel uh, feminine to be able to um, trust myself as a woman, right? In bed, outside bed, you know, as you like just put a top on and you just feel sexy in your own body. And I couldn't do that at the end of my marriage. I felt like I felt so unattractive. I felt so wrong. I felt so not good enough. That even if this man, if this man that I'm with that right now, will have come at a time, yeah. I didn't know how to show up for him in a way that would have created what we have right now. But being with this man, the interaction with him taught me things about myself and taught me, you know, uh, brought up. Uh, to live, you know, reignited that femininity in me. So when I met my my current partner, you know, I knew what to do. I felt um, so different about myself that I show up in a different way. If you show up on a day confident, playful, feeling sexy, feeling a bit cheeky, you know, uh, having a little bit of a banter, you know, leading in, but, you know, also, like, let him come to you, he will be, he will be interested. He will be game on, yeah. right? But if you don't have access to that part of yourself, then you can't show up that way. You, you show up on a date with fears. You show up on a date with asking for validation unconsciously. Like you go on a date and you, if they like you, you feel better about yourself. Mm. Which is not healthy. Because <laughs> if you go with that energy, if you show up on a day with that energy, um, they're going to feel it. They're not going to necessarily know what it is depending on the level of consciousness, right? And yeah. But... but it's just not going to, the polarity is not going to happen. Yeah. Right? I can turn, I learn how to turn this playfulness on and off, right? And it's actually a skill that you don't get taught at school. <laughs> Every single relationship that I've been on has taught me more about relationships, more about myself, more about life. Yeah. You can read... 30 books about relationships. But you're never going to learn as much as you're going to learn from doing it. Yeah. And that's male, like, that could be a friendship as well. So it's getting out there, dating again, dating in the friendship world as as adults as well. So, like, and you, like you said, you can read it in books, but until you start to practice it and to get that feedback, 
not literally, but it can just be through body language or, you know, some of the cues that are coming back to you and you start to read those things and then you go, ooh, how could I show up differently in that? What do I want to create here? What is happening? And when you're, and then you're engaged in the process. It's not such a bad pattern of um, pulling and pulling and, and pushing and pulling, you know, like um, it was, and my ex-partner used to tell me, but I couldn't see it at the time. Right, because I felt justified in me pushing him away because I was like, I'm not feeling safe right now. Like, you go away, I need space. Like, just go away. I don't want to deal with you. But, like, what you don't realize when you do that, right? Like, they go through their own, own process of being hurt, feeling rejected, feeling like not good enough, feeling which awakens all these emotions within them. Like, I was driving the men crazy with my behavior. But all I could see was like he was angry. He he was he show up at my house, you know, doing all sort of different things, you know, breaking through a window or like all sort of, you know, I'm not gonna go into details, but like all sort of crazy things. And and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like this man is crazy. Like what's going on here? But so I kept judging him, but I didn't see how my behavior was co-creating the situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to change to be able to have a different kind of relationship because I had to understand that it's okay to be scared mm. and let them know what scares you. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, 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 I have no problem to tell my, my partner now, I need some reassurance. Yeah. You know, like, I just, I don't know, I, I feel very vulnerable right now and I feel a bit unsure and I just need but like for cuddles and I need you to hold me and tell me everything is going to be all right. Yeah. It's okay to be my feminine and ask him for that. But I also have a duty to do my part. One, to communicate and one, to not just rely on him. Yeah. Because I have to also be able to create that if I don't um, and I only rely on him, what, what's going to happen when he's not there? Because he can't be there all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either. So it's okay to lean in to them and and tell them I, I feel this way. I made a boo-boo yesterday, uh two days ago. I said <laughs> I said, you know, something I shouldn't have said to my partner, and I realized and I said I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, you know, I didn't mean to hurt you. You know, sometimes I blur things out and I realize that, you know, that that might have hurt you and I didn't mean to and I love you very much and I'm deeply sorry. Yeah. And he felt that I was and he understands it's okay to make mistakes. He knows he makes mistakes. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. So why are we so hard on them or us? Exactly. In a place of I'm better than you, righteousness, right? And it's in our shadow. We don't see it. Yeah. My way is the best way. And as a woman in a, in a relationship, we tend to think because we know our intentions, right? And we hold ourselves to these high standards. We tend to think we are right. Mm. But... Sometimes 
there are many ways of doing one thing. And, uh, and maybe you should choose the one thing that brings you closer to your partner. Yeah. Rather than feeling your partner. Yeah, and seeing their side of it because that brings in magic too because you can learn and grow and, yeah, evolve with them. They want the same thing as you do. They want to feel loved, appreciated, understood, admired. Yeah. They don't want to be criticised. They don't want to be, um, they don't want to see you shut down. Mm. Every time you shut down, you know, he thinks it's about him. He did something wrong. Not every time, but most time, depending on where everybody's in their journey, right? But if you shut down and you're not telling them, hey, I feel this way and I you know I know that the meaning I gave to this, you know, might make me feel this way, but I, I kind of I'm trying my best to, to come out of this. You know, and I might need your support, you know, to, like, give me some space or is it okay to talk to you about this? Because maybe in the process I'll be able to find some answers or at least empty out and feel better. Yeah. So can we have some coffee and just sit on the lounge and just talk? Yeah. Would you just listen to me? If you go like that and talk from your heart to a man, he's not going to say no. Hmm. They're going to say no when you go, like, you're not doing anything, you know, to help. I'm sick of this. You know, you said you're going to do this and you haven't done it again. And you just don't care. <laughs> and they're going to they, they, they're gonna feel attacked. <laughs> and they're going to just not want to do anything, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's the vulnerability. That, yeah, bringing in the vulnerability and connecting through the vulnerability and opening up your own heart allows them to open up their heart too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and there's this thing about, um, you know, John Gray says that um, uh, women need to feel loved to be able to have sex. <laughs> you know, men, uh, um, men need to have sex to feel, to get in touch with their feelings. Mm. So it's that connection and that, um, what happens in during sex that opens them up, mm. right? Yeah. Um, because they are so used to be disconnected from their feelings, right? The masculine has to be disconnected from the feelings to be able to do things. Like, and it goes back in the day, you had to go to war, right, for months at a time and say goodbye to their families and be away from home. Now right? they couldn't do that if they were connected to their feelings because they wouldn't want to go. Yeah. So, so it's the same now. They have to be this tough, right? Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. Around. And then, yeah. And then that's when, um, you know, they're so used to be disconnected from their feelings, right? If Especially if it's a very masculine man, right? That... They also have to be safe to put their armor down yeah. and and come at you just as the man, not the knight, right? And and if you are the loving and nurturing woman that accepts him and holds uh, creates a safe space for him to open his heart, 
then he will, and he will love you even more for it. Because he, the more he feels like a man and safe with you, the more who wouldn't want that? Would like everybody wants that. Yeah, yeah. We have to create that for them as well. Mm. For instance, when I fail doing that for my my partners. You know, and then now when I say the wrong thing, I just say, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, can I make it better? And I'm learning from it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. That's awesome. And I think that's a beautiful point to wrap on unless you had anything else you'd like to add before we jump into our wrap-up questions. No, no, that's, yeah, thank you again. I, just, I love this conversation. I think it's, as you can see, I'm very passionate about this subject. <laughs> I know, it's awesome. Yeah, I think we could talk for hours. But let's change tact and just talk about what's one thing that you do for self-love. I'm a massive believer in self-love and it doesn't have to be something that you do every day but just something that, you know, sort of lights you up. You mentioned the yoga at the beginning but maybe there's something else that you do. Dancing on my own. (laughs) Nice. Is that in the house? Yeah, just dancing, you know, just like just to step into my feminine and, you know, sort of like let it go. Sometimes I feel really tense and so I, I play music and dance. Um, I also walk. I love walking to clear my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so easy. Like you can really, you know, do it, you know, just like leave your phone in your pocket or at home and just go 10 minutes for a walk. It's, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, and then I guess you know, I love massages though, I don't really go that often anymore, but <laughs> I love massages. Um, and um, it's the little things, it's not, it's doing something every single day, doing something that you, it's, for me, sometimes it's just sitting down on a couch yeah. for 20 minutes and not do anything, yeah. it's massive. Yeah, I do the so, same thing. Yeah, just sit, but I sit for five minutes. That's the that's the minimum that I have to sit for. Anything else is a bonus, but I just sit outside in the sun and just sit for five minutes and give myself that gift. The idea is to give yourself what you need because that's what you will do for someone you love. If, if your kids need something from you, right, you will give it to them. Yeah. So, so give yourself what you need at the time. That's, for me, that's self-love. And, um, and also... When it comes to inner language, again, just have that self-compassion. Mm. You're not a machine. Yeah. You you don't have to know it all. Yeah. It's okay to take it one step at a time. Um, the more um, aggressive we are, crit- like you know the more we criticize the worse we're gonna feel so um yeah just practice that every day you know talking nice to yourself it's okay you know tomorrow is another day there's gonna be another opportunity to learn through this yeah so that's beautiful thank you Lots in there, lots of gold. So what's one thing that you do for fun? I'm, I'm learning how to have fun this year and there's a few things that come onto my plate, but um, I'm keen to hear from you what's one thing that you do for fun. Um, I like to, this might come across, I like to take care of dogs. Our dogs eat a lot. 
<laughs> because I love dogs, but I don't want to buy another one. I have one, and he has um, some health problems, so he's a bit high maintenance. But um, uh, I, I love to take care of dogs. They're a lot of fun. You know, they add a lot of variety to the house. Um, I do like to go for drives. Uh, so my partner and I, I'll just go like, hey, would you like to go for a drive? And, you know, and he organizes the whole thing and he feels good because he's doing the planning and, the, you know, and then I just jump in the car and I'm like, surprise me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, he loves and then he plays the guide and he takes me to all these places that he grew up or he used to go, you know. And, and he feels so good because he's like the explorer and I just hold his hand and I'm listening to all his explanations and he knows all these facts that I could never, you know, remember. <laughs> and he just tells me all this stuff and it's just awesome. <laughs> that is super cool. I really love that. Yeah. Uh, that kind of, and, and sometimes, you know, uh, things with my son, uh, we, we can do something that's fun for him as well. Um but, uh, yeah, I think I used to do a lot more when I was not in the business. Yeah. <laughs> because the business meets so many of my needs, I tend to actually, <laughs> all of my needs really, I tend to work a lot, but it doesn't feel like work. And that's the difference. That's a massive difference for me. Um, I can work so many hours because it doesn't feel like, it's not a chore. Hmm. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm enjoying it. I'm really loving it. So it's yeah. actually fun. It's fun to do what I'm doing. So I, I think that's one of the reasons why, in a way, I don't prioritize as much of the other things, you know, like going out as much or barbecues or traveling. You know, I've done so much traveling in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, when I got in Australia, it was actually really nice to not live out of a suitcase, you know. So, that's so, cool. um, but yeah, I do. I do love to go for drives and you know, spending time with my uh, my my partner, my son is definitely uh, high on my list too. Beautiful. And so you've given us lots of great information today. What's one thing that myself and the listeners could take out uh, to implement into our own life in service of you? To to treat yourself with kindness. Mm. That's that's you know. I'll I think. If you do that, if you do that, you're creating a supportive environment within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a message. Yeah, kindness has been a message throughout my heart well, for the last 20 plus years. It's about, you know, just be kind to yourself. Do I hear you? Okay, what can you do different this time? And maybe you're not reaching the goal the second time either. So learn, all right, so why have I done? Why have I not done? What is it that I need to work more on? But, you know, uh, just just pick yourself with love. Self-love comes from within, right? Um, it's something you create and you create it by being understanding towards yourself. You're not lazy. You're not lazy. Sometimes the word lazy has such a negative connotation, at least, at least for me, you know. You, if, you, if, you, if you could, you would. <laughs> if you don't feel like this because you don't know how to create that energy, yeah. you don't know how to create that empowering emotional state, 
you know, you're, you're not taught and you haven't found a way. You might need to practice more of it and eventually it's going to become second nature. Yeah. You're not motivated because you haven't found a way, you know, to make that thing important enough. Hmm. That's more important and that's perfectly okay. Like, I think comparison is a big trap, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. And a big, big hole that we could talk about for a long time, I reckon. <laughs> podcast, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another podcast, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for sharing everything that you shared with us today. Where can people find you on online, on socials? No, I'm on Facebook as Christina Davy. I know H and Christina, C-R-I-S-D-I-N-A, <laughs> Davy. And um, uh, Instagram as Christina um, underscore Davy. Um, as well as uh, LinkedIn, um, Christina Davies. So I um, I don't have a website. I'm very present on uh, social media otherwise. And, um, yeah, just reach out anytime. Like, I love talking to people. I love to connect. And I think the more connected we are, the stronger. You know, I feel like you just, uh, you're never really alone unless you're creating that, you know, story in your head. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I love love knowing um, more people. So anytime somebody says hi, I'll be right there saying hi right back. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for everything that you've shared. It's been an amazing conversation and I know that we could talk for hours. Um, But thank you so much for doing the work that you're doing in the world and, you know, sharing your story and sharing your challenges, but also then helping other people move through their own stories and their own challenges to create, you know, a beautiful life that they love. So thank you for doing that. Thank you, Susan. Appreciate it. Um, I really love what you do um you you help people become more aware of what's out there and possibilities and uh yeah it's 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 beautiful to to have more people like you you know you're such a kind person and i really really want to say thank you for this opportunity Thank you. That really touches my heart. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. And I have a couple of small favors to ask. If you love this episode, please share it with someone you love and you know the episode will resonate with. Also to help spread the word about my podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave me a review. I love hearing your thoughts about my podcast and what's resonating with you. Plus it helps us share my podcast with the rest of the world, which is amazing. Finally, thank you so much for being here. I'm super grateful for you and I'm truly honored you've spent your time with me. Let's keep rising. Let's keep growing because it's totally possible to live a life you love every day right where you are. See you in the next episode.